Colleen is the founder of the Coalition to End Urban Native Homelessness and the director of an organization called Native Works, which aims to better Seattle's homeless Native American community. By crafting authentic artwork and in partnership with its parent organization, the Chief Seattle Club, Native Works aims to honor Native tradition while fostering a healthier Native future. Named as one of Seattle's most influential people by Seattle Magazine in 2019, and one of Seattle Met Magazine's 50 Most Influential Women in 2018, Colleen is the recipient of multiple public service awards for her leadership and dedication to homeless advocacy. In this interview, Colleen shares with us what drives her passion for this work and all the ways that her organization is working to support the Native homeless community. Let's take a listen. Hi, Colleen. How are you? I'm great, Christy. I'm so excited to talk today. Same. Thank you so much for being with us today on the show. Um, I want you to tell us a little bit about the Coalition to End Urban Homelessness and what led you to found that initiative. Yeah. Well, um, I became the executive director of the Chief Seattle Club. I was a board member and I became the executive director. And I started to realize in a very deep and personal way that American Indian Alaska Native people were experiencing homelessness at such incredibly high rates, not only in Seattle and the city that I live in, but in cities across the country. And so um, I really started the, the coalition um, because I just love my community so much. I think they're some of the greatest people in the whole universe. And I, and I, I think that they deserve every opportunity that every person who lives in our country does. And then I also was full of anger, to be honest, that um, my community has these such these incredible rates of homelessness. When you consider that we are living right now on indigenous land, um, benefiting greatly from the land and water of um, indigenous people. Um, so uh, that is kind of what started um, started off the coalition. And it's been a real interesting journey ever since. It's amazing. And can you tell us the history of both your parent organization, Chief Seattle mm-hmm. Club, but also the Native Works and what mm-hmm. the ultimate mission is for both of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Chief Seattle Club was founded 50 years ago now as a reaction to the many Native people who were becoming homeless um, in the streets of Seattle. And that re- the reason so many Native people became homeless was because of the Urban Indian Relocation Act that happened in 1956. So through the 60s and 70s, thousands of Native people were shipped in off of reservations to cities like Seattle, Chicago, New York, L.A., and when they got to the city, they were given jobs and they were given um, housing. But if you lose one of those jobs, and you lose the housing, you literally are without your tribe. I mean, that is the correct way to use that phrase, right? And so then you have nowhere to turn, nowhere to go. And so uh, we have a little uh, Seattle uh, Indian centers all around the country that um, popped up, um, including Seattle. And She Seattle Club is, is that agency. We also um, have become an agency that's focused on housing. We realize that part of the solution is for us to reclaim our ability to house our relatives, to house our babies, to house our elders. Many of um, that that was not allowed by federal government regulations. And so we believe that part of our healing as a community is to house each other. So we have a really amazing housing program plus a day center that's open uh, uh, seven days a week. We do, you know, 70,000 meals a year and showers and food, all that kind of stuff. But the most important thing we do is to provide a place of spiritual connection, tradition, connection, and just family. So I could talk forever about it because I just love the work we're doing so much there. 
That's awesome. And clearly you're very passionate about it. And I think that maybe if you can touch on why this is so important to you and, you know, what your own heritage yeah. is and, mm-hmm. and maybe where that, that comes into your passion. Yeah. I, I grew up, uh, with parents that really embedded in me, the, the understanding that we have a responsibility to each other as human beings, that every person we see out there, um, you know, whether or not they're biologically related to you they are somehow connected to you because we are part of a, of a human family. And so I have parents who um, <laughs> would literally see someone who was struggling and would bring them into our home. Um, and we had many people live with us over the years. We saw, I saw just an example of like understanding um, our homeless community, understanding um, that poverty, someone who is living in poverty, that, that it is not necessarily their fault. And that that, that person has so much to offer all of us. So I have that deep in me and that goes back a long ways. My, um, my mom's on my dad's side. I'm uh, enrolled. Uh, he's uh, we're from the Pawnee nation of Oklahoma enrolled members of um, that nation and part of the Kitahaki band. And we um, have an interesting relationship to the land because we were removed from our lands in Kansas and Nebraska and Oklahoma and, and there's that loss there that happened. But in the middle of that loss of people, thousands of people died along the way, there was that understanding that our community has to stay together. Our community has to figure out ways to support each other and love each other. And so that's just been deeply embedded in me since I was a child. And it's something I'm, having, I'm passing on to my own children. And I think it's a, an amazing way to understand the world if you can look at a stranger in the eyes and think about what is my responsibility to this person because they are a human being and they deserve everything I deserve and what can I do to help support that? So I think a, a, a strong sense of community responsibility is, is what has pushed me forward in the work that I now get to do. That is powerful. And thank you so much for sharing all that with us because yeah. I think it really gives a great perspective Um in terms of why you do what you do and mm-hmm. where your passion lies. Yeah. Um, so Native Works is helping to give exposure to Native artists. Mm-hmm. And your goal mm-hmm. is to also help bring attention, obviously, to the work of the parent organization, yeah. the Chief Seattle Club. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about some of the Native artists featured by Native Works and mm-hmm. how you use their artwork to help yeah. um, you know, solve the issues you're trying to resolve? Yeah, you know, um, we started Native Works oh my goodness, maybe three or four years ago now. (laughs) It was a partnership with um, Pike Place Market. And um, we were just trying to understand how we can lift up um, true authentic Native artists and then also support people who've been experiencing homelessness. And it honestly has been this incredible like marriage of of art and housing and and just supporting folks who've had real strong mental health issues like mostly most of our folks with mental or mental health issues are truly rooted in PTSD um, and depression and so our program has been so interesting um, let me think I, I don't I won't use a name but I'll tell you about one individual who um, has really um, struggled with PTSD he's a veteran and has um, incredible um, amounts of, of issues that have happened there including homelessness 
um, and and just real concern for his for his mental health ongoing. And um, our program has been so fun for him because he's been able to find a place of security and support in work. Um, our program has been focused since the get go on being a trauma aware an indigenous informed program. So it's a very different kind of program. And we said, listen, if you haven't been working for 20 or 30 plus years, or if you've if experienced incredible amounts of PTSD, you're not going to feel good about going back to work right away. We realized that there was the, that some of the programs out there, which required you to work, you know, five days a week, just wasn't going to happen. Like it was not realistic. And so we said, listen, like if we can get someone into our program and they're working one hour a day, you know, one day a week, even that's good because we're wanting to build up those good systems of endorphins that make you feel good about going, going to work. So it's been a really, really fun program. And then we've also been able to encourage, um, and follow, um, other native artists who said, Hey, like there's been a lot of uh, our native art that has been appropriated. And we have a lot of non-native people making native art and benefiting greatly from it. They're selling it and they're making a lot of money and that money is not going back into the hands of the community. So we have an amazing uh, partner. Um, his name is Louis Gong from eighth generation who uses this, um, uses this phrase, uh, inspired natives, not native inspired art. And that's been part of the way that we've thought about doing the native works art is that it's all made by native people. And the 100% of the proceeds go back to supporting Native people who've been experiencing homelessness. So it's a, a really amazing program run by some really great people. Um, Lacey Warrior, who's just been on our, our program manager from the get-go, and it's just been a really, really fun journey. It's amazing. It's great, great work that you're doing and very inspiring. 100% of your proceeds go directly to providing mm-hmm. meals, mental health mm-hmm. care, drug and al- alcohol counseling, housing referrals, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, and legal consultation to those in need in the Seattle Native community. Mm-hmm. What would you say attributes to such a high level of homelessness among this community and what challenges mm-hmm. would they face in getting this type of care if it weren't for your organization? I want to... Um I've mentioned this already that there have been government actions that have gotten us into this situation. The first was the removal of native people from our indigenous territories, right? Where we actually always, where we've always known the land and the water and always known how to take care of it and the community. So we moved into reservations. Then there was a boarding school system, which was an attempt to really, um, uh, assimilate native people into mainstream Western culture where they, so they remove native kids from their parents and put them in a boarding school where the motto of the boarding school was to kill the Indian and save the man. So that carried on for hundreds of years in our country. Um, and so many of our folks were disconnected from home and security and from family and tribe. And then we also have the urban Indian relocation act that pushed native people into cities. And then, and then, you know, thousands and thousands of Native people became homeless across the country and continue in homelessness. And then now Native people have the highest rates of of poverty. And all of this is directly associated to those government actions. And so it has been very important for us at the T Seattle Club to say that as Native community, it is important for us to lead and it is important for us to um, have programs that specifically address those injustices that happen um, 
to our elders and to our and ongoing with our with our, our relatives that are out there on the street. So we have seen our programs be really successful because we've done it from a place of culture, um, a place of reconnecting to that culture, and also just pure love for our community. Like I, I cannot tell you how much I enjoy getting to work with native people. Um, I, I love working with our homeless relatives because they have so much strength. They have so much resilience. They have so much joy and I can learn from them every single day. If, if I'm intent, if I have an intent to do that, if I can see past like the, the, the homeless, the, this, we have this idea about what it means to be homeless and we see one thing instead of seeing the whole picture of someone's experience that has gotten them into their homelessness. And these are some of the most incredibly brilliant people um, and have just fallen on hard times. Or I would say about 90% of the, of the 1,300 people that we serve at the Chief Seattle Club year, n- every year, 90% of them have severe depression that has stemmed from all of the trauma that they have experienced. And so, um, you know, I come from a very privileged background. If, if my sister had severe depression, we would do everything we could. We would put her into, um, we put her into a, you know, a facility. We would give her everything we possibly could, the right kind of medications, the right kind of support, and she would get better. But we, we don't have that mentality with our homeless community yet. And we have to see past all of what is presenting as homelessness to see the internal beauty of that individual. So I could rift on this for a long time because um, I just have gotten to personally see um, see the the impact of of the homeless community in my life, and it has only been incredibly positive. This is like heartbreaking and inspiring and everything all at once for me. And it's super educational because I was really excited to talk to you because I know that I don't know enough about your community, which means Mm -hmm. many of my listeners do not know enough about your community and what this all stems from. And like you said, all the Mm -hmm. trauma that's taken place. And now Mm -hmm. I think in general with homelessness, exactly like you said, people don't see past the fact that Mm -hmm. they think that they're homeless and almost Mm -hmm. like it's their fault. They got themselves there, you know? And I think that's a really sad and unfortunate way for us to look at it because there's clearly in most cases, some sort of trauma or some Mm -hmm. sort of unfortunate circumstance that Mm -hmm. led them to where they are. And what you're doing is incredibly compassionate. And Mm -hmm. I I just love sharing this because that's a main theme and what we talk about here on the show is compassion and community. Um, And I'm wondering if, you know, because we don't know that much and we want to know more and how can we Mm -hmm. help, what would you say someone like myself or my listeners, how can we best support your community and your work moving Mm -hmm. forward? I think that, Supporting Native community in urban centers is really important. Looking um, um, to, and like if you live in a big city, there will be, you know, Indian um, centers around in your city. Um, looking to them and saying um, to that community, how can I, how can I support the work that you're doing? And the best way to do that is by giving money, frankly. Um, I always uh, joke around that, you know, in my, um, in my world at the Chief Seattle Club, we have plenty of, 
capacity as far as thoughts and ideas and and know to do the work. What we need is just the money. <laughs> we need the more, more money to be able to build more housing, to support more people in housing, to have more case management, to do more meals. And so I think that's a key thing. And I think I think the other thing is just, just to be very aware of cultural pro- appropriation. You know, I just came back from Disneyland today, actually. And I love Disneyland, but throughout Disney, there is all this like cultural appropriation about native people, all these like very like stereotypical images of native people that are just totally untrue. You know, Pocahontas, um, who was that story that Disney tells is completely untrue and not good for native people. It further, uh, you know, contributes to, to harm to native women. So, um, I think, being aware of that kind of cultural appropriation is is really important. And then finally, I would say, wherever you live at, think about that native tribe and community. Who are the original people in whatever city you're at? And how can you be thinking about their land and their water? You know, we're in a, a huge crisis in the, the, the global community when it comes to climate change. We have to be behind environmental justice. And in Native community, Indigenous communities have known the way since time immemorial. And so if we think about ways to solve for climate change, part of it is going to be looking to the original um, caretakers of the land. And so if you don't know um, where, you know, whose land you're on, then, then that's a problem. <laughs> think about that. That, that, that is a, an amazing way to support Native community and to support um, Native people who've been experiencing homelessness. That's Thank you so much for all of that, because I think, yeah. like I said, it's incredibly educational. And now we can see, you know, what's the next step in learning more. And yeah. on this podcast, like I said, we talk a lot about community and compassion. Uh, mm-hmm. How important would you say both of those elements are to the work you're doing and the mm-hmm. overall well-being of the Native community? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're everything. You know, we talk a lot about um, you know, community um, in our or, in our organization, the T Seattle Club. We call our um, because we're T Seattle Club. We call our clients, our customers. We call them members, and and those are those members. We're constantly thinking about like what do they want, what do they need, and how can we bring their voices to the table so that they have a strong um, uh, understanding of the work that we're doing. So so community. Um, is is just so uh, so essential to be able to get to the next part, which is compassion and and um, you know understanding and and relationship are so um, important to this to, to moving towards real compassion. You know, I shared to you earlier about how much I've learned from the homeless community, how much, and I always seem to like, wow, they have so much to offer us if we could get past what is presenting. And to, to that person, what what would we what are we gonna what are we gonna solve? What world crisis out there has is the answer lies within the homeless community? One of my friends who was experiencing homelessness for a long time got into housing, and I um, after a couple months in the housing, I asked him. I said, "Hey, what are you up to?" And um, what do you? I said, "What are you What are you doing now?" Because when you're homeless, you have a lot of work to do. It takes a lot of you have, it's just it's a lot, and. Uh, so I knew he had time to like kind of just chill. And um, he said, oh, I've been reading. And I said, well, what have you been reading? And he, he got kind of a little embarrassed, but he also wanted to tell me. He's like, well, I've been reading. I went to the library and I asked um, um, a librarian to help me to find a book about neuropsychology. 
And I was just like blown away. I was like, what? Like neuropsychology? He's like, I've always been interested and started talking to me about it. And I just, I, I think about that story a lot because once he got into stability, once he got into a place of, of safety and security, his mind was free to think and to be. And so if we don't know people, if we don't know our community, it's hard to have that place of compassion. Um, and so it has been one of the greatest joys of my life to know the homeless community. Um, and I think they're just incredible. And I, I've gone beyond compassion to just like, just pride in but I don't know. And of course you have to have the compassion, but I just, I just feel so much joy um, when I get to be with them. So I can't thank you enough for taking the time thank to share you. all that with us. We're going to, I'll share the links to um, both the chief Seattle club and the native artists, um, native works. Sure. And um, I, I'm hopeful that what you said will inspire my listeners to just pay more attention to um, you know, the native community in their local area to learn mm-hmm. more about the land uh, that's local to them and just to learn more in general about this community and how we can help. So thank yeah. you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Chrissy. It was such an honor to be asked. I'm happy to do it. If you enjoyed this episode of the Be The Good podcast, please like, comment, and share. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts or your favorite Google Play app. And be sure to follow me on Instagram for daily inspiration at be.thegood. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember that we can all find our own way to be the good. Mm-hmm.